And now, the starting lineup for Season 3 of your podcast that talks about all things Minor League Baseball, Up On Deck! Leading off from Simi Valley, California, Jeffrey Hinkle! Batting second from Bethesda, Maryland, Jake Brown! And last, but certainly not least, from Kansas City, Missouri, Jack! Bartlett. Your starting lineups are brought to you by BlazeRadioOnline.com and first pitches are every Monday at 9. This is Minor League's Major Show. Hello everybody and welcome into another very special episode of Up On Deck. Today we got a guest joining us but he's not going to be here for another five minutes. So Jack... Uh, is there any? Well, let's not bury the lead, Jack. Do you wanna? Do you wanna say something to the microphone real quick? Uh, yeah. So last night I tweeted out the best weekend ever. I would like to rephrase that to the best sports weekend ever, and, and I mean that quite literally. This was the for any sports fan in the history of sporting events and fandom. Uh, this had to be the best sporting week weekend for a fan ever. I got to see uh, my soccer team win the Club World Cup. Then a few hours later, uh, my college basketball team drained a buzzer beater three to beat the number six team in the nation at the time in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow that up with one of the greatest Super Bowls in NFL history with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, wrapping it up and a beautiful bow for Patrick Mahomes' second Super Bowl MVP and ring. It was pretty spectacular. Wow, that was almost like under a minute. Yeah. I, I've had this uh, rehearsed for the whole day now. <laughs> there we go. I've, I've you, wanted to get this out of, of my chest. Yes. I've, I, actually, on the drive here, I was like, I should like practice this because I have to, I have to know what I'm going to say without a five-minute ramble. <laughs> um, but I also just I, I've been really happy and excited. So. You probably also told like 17 people today of like, this is my, my, my best, my most favorite <laughs> sports weekend ever. Oh, my God. Like yada yada yada. Like it, it was, it was a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. The Eagles lost. We're, <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah, let's As not. As you say, while you're wearing dark green. <laughs> it's not dark green, okay? It's 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 a light green that is an homage to my high school school. Mm. I right. did say not, high right. school. That's school. why you're wearing it. That's why you're wearing it. Not the Packers. The, the I mean, team that missed the playoffs. <sighs> <laughs> hey, I wore orange. That's yellow and red yeah, together. That counts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yellow and red, but he's wearing Bengals colors. No, 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 no. I wasn't. The Bengals lost. I, it can't I have do... no I have no like nice shirts for the bureau that are red or yellow, so I had to wear orange. I guess this is more of a salmon, but have, did yeah, you guys notice how more... Jackson how Jackson Webster wasn't or you probably wouldn't know this, Jack. Well, but Jackson he, wasn't at the bureau today. Yeah, probably, probably told, crying in his room. <laughs> he told Polly he wasn't gonna be here, according to his Twitter, because Austin, because our good friend, our good buddy Austin Scott called him out and said, "Hey, you're not at the bureau." He's like, "Yeah, I know. I'm taking the day off today." <laughs> Gosh. He was at the Super Bowl though, so I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, I would also take the night off if I was at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Especially in his situation. Yeah, especially being a Birds fan. Yeah, that that had to be tough. Yeah. But this isn't the uh, the NFL show. That is Furtado and Seymour, the show that we listen to on Radio Row all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a minor league baseball podcast. Yeah. And so it being the minor league baseball offseason, it's a pretty slow day. 
Yeah. Other than the fact that we have a relief pitcher for the Royals, Jack Aldrich. So fitting. And his name's Jack. Yeah. And his name is Jack. Yeah. And he's from near my hometown. Which funny funny coincidence actually how we how we ended up in touch was one of the guys that I worked with on the CBS set this week, he's from like the town over from me. And he knows all of these minor league baseball players. And I'm like, bro, what? Like, how do you know? You know, Johnny DeLuca, who's in the Dodgers system. You know, Jack Aldrich, who we're about to have on the show in about two minutes. You know, uh, Brandon Lewis, who's in the Dodgers system. You know, Andrew Nardi, who I've been trying to get on this show, but apparently he's too big for us. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, I, I played baseball at Agora, and I, I was a JUCO product, and some of these guys went to my, went to my junior college. Other, other guys I just played against in, like, the, uh, the travel ball circuits. Um, so he puts me in touch with, with Jack and he's like, yeah, he's got a podcast too. So he's always wanting to do more, like always wanting to kind of promote mm-hmm. himself and get out there and, and discover what else is out there. Yeah. So he responds to me within like a day, which some guys, I, I, I looked at my Instagram messages last Tuesday and, uh, some guys I messaged literally a year ago today. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about starting up a minor league baseball podcast. Can I get you on as a guest? Still nothing from them. <laughs> you know, maybe I don't have that DM Riz like uh, <laughs> like all the like all the the cool kids are saying nowadays. But I don't know if there, if there's anybody out there that's listening, or we can ask Jack because he's had people on his podcast of he's like had how actual minor leaguers, his teammates, yeah. on his own show of yeah. like how do you get like for him it's probably really easy because. He sees them in the clubhouse, and he's like, hey, come talk into a microphone for 30 minutes. <laughs> but for us, it's like, hey, we're a college radio minor league baseball show. Like, no backing, no funding. We are broke <laughs> college students. Like, do you want to come talk to us? <laughs> and then crickets. It's why we've had a lot of broadcasters on this show, because we have the Cronkite yeah. stigma. Yeah, we have that, but then, like, and we love having Joey Zanaboni and Jill Guerin. Oh yeah, friends of the show. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, she was. Do- Jill Guerin was doing the softball tournament this week. Did you see her Twitter? Fifteen games in four days. I know. What, what the heck? That's crazy. Wow. And all all of them were Remy, so she had like, she didn't go to any like anywhere. All right, we are getting a call, so I'm gonna get off my soapbox. <laughs> Hello, you are on up on deck. Uh, this is Jack Aldridge. Is this uh, Jake? This is this is Jeffrey. This is one of the other hosts. Okay. <laughs> What's up, Jeffrey? What's up, Jack? How are you? I'm doing well. How are... I'm uh, I'm just getting just getting home after a pretty long day, but uh, I'm happy to be on here. Happy to be doing this. Well, glad to have you on, man. I mean, we don't really have very many like real players on our show. We have a lot of broadcasters, so this is going to be kind of a change up for us. Um, no pun intended. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm a very punny guy, by the way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you're getting up, you're gearing up to uh, to come back out here for your your second professional year. What's the uh, what's the preparations looking like for you? Okay, so you know, it being the second season, it's certainly different from the first because, like you said, um, I didn't really know what to expect going into my first spring training and. Now that I've already been through one and I, I know what to expect and I know what I need to 
to do to get ready for the season. I know how that timeline works now. I think I have a much better understanding of the pace that I want to go at in terms of, you know, where I need to be in terms of my, my arm shape, um, really just my physical shape in terms of lifting, conditioning, kind of all of those components and how I want to go about that during spring training as well. So the experience is certainly affecting that, and I think it's giving me a lot more confidence in what I'm doing because I think that my plan is a lot more justified from the experience of the previous uh, spring training. Awesome, awesome. Well, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally, it does. Like You've already done it once. You've already got that experience under your belt. You know all the good restaurants and surprise, stuff like that. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so a little, little bit of background on me. I'm actually from Simi Valley. So I'm from like maybe yeah. 10, I'm like from 20 minutes down the road from you, um, and oh, yeah. I got in touch with you through uh, Michael Raiden. I don't know if you know you mm-hmm. know of him, but that was a pretty of cool course, coincidence. Yeah. That was a pretty cool coincidence. Um, but he also said that you played at Oaks. What's what's the culture like at Oaks Christian compared to all of the other high school programs around the uh, the LA County slash Ventura County slash it's like a gray area over there. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting you ask because, you know, you being a steamy kid and I personally was an outsider to Oaks Christian too growing up, uh, growing up in Oak Park, going to all the Oak Park schools, the public schools, and even going to Oak Park my freshman year. Um, I was on the outside looking in at Oaks Christian and there's obviously that stigma, you know, there's that, that okay, this is a private school. It's, uh, you know, they're very privileged there. And, and you know, I'm not going to you know, shy away from that. I, I agree. I mean, I walked in there and I said, wow, this is like a really special place. Um, you know, so knowing that going in, I certainly had expectations, but once I met the group of guys, uh, you know, not only the coaching staff, but also the players that were there, aside from some of the guys that are already known, I knew that I was going to fit in really well. And I was really lucky because, um, at least while I was there, you know, in terms of like the team culture and stuff like that, like we've, had a really big emphasis on like just enjoying each other, like just having fun with it. And yeah, we were there to compete. We knew we were going to, you know, be good every year and try to win the Marmani, but like more than anything, it was always about having fun and just kind of like being there for your guys and, and like competing, you know, shoulder to shoulder and just trying to really beat, you know, beat upon the team, you know, that's in the other dugout. And, you know, that's, that's something I think uh, is important to learn, at least in high school. It's something I learned in high school that I try to take into you know, even today's game, you know, even professional, it's very different from high school and college, but, you know, it's still a team sport. And I think that's kind of just the general like approach I like to take is like, yeah, I mean, my own personal performance is so important, but like, that's definitely the big lesson I learned from, from being at Oaks Christian is like, you know, having a, having a vested interest in like your team success is, is going to do you more good. Yeah. you know, than just being so concerned with yourself. Right. No, I get that. I totally get that. And so last last area-specific question, because I feel like I'm alienating mm. Jake. I feel like I'm alienating Jake and Jack. Um, but <laughs> You're all uh, good, man. But so do you consider Westlake, <laughs> like Harvard-Westlake, your guys' main rival, or was it like Chaminade and Westlake High School? See, that's interesting because they were the other private schools – but we never played them. I don't think I ever played Harvard Westlake or I don't even know if I played Chaminade while I was there, uh, maybe in like a winter ball game. But the big rivals were the Marmani League, 
opponents because obviously it was like, you know, that's the conference and we're trying to win conference every year. And while I was there, I mean, Newberry was really good. Um, Thousand Oaks was really good one year. Agora was always really good. I remember my sophomore year, their whole lineup was just D1 commits. I mean, it was intimidating. Right. Um, so we were, we had a really competitive uh, league while I was in or at Oaks Christian. And that was kind of another thing about it that I, I really enjoyed is just like that kind of conference sort of atmosphere, those games, those hyper-intense games. I mean, just prepared me for college, one, but it felt like every single matchup was like a rivalry, to be to be pretty honest with you. Yeah, got you. Jake, Jack, you guys got anything before I keep going? I'm trying to – I found something on uh, Jack's – Tulane page that I'm trying to research about. So oh boy, I'll, I'll be. I'll <laughs> He's be doing right back. Ooh, okay. very very last minute research. Interesting. Um, but so you. Went, I like this though. I like it on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> so so you went to a JUCO. You went to Santa Barbara SBCC, right? And then you transferred to Tulane. Yes. How was what's the, I did yes. What's the JUCO life like before you transfer out to a D1? Okay, so. You know, having been at a D1 prior, so I was a 4-2-4 guy, um, it's a little bit different than going JUCO out of high school, but you still learn, you know, all the same lessons. When I was coming in, um, I was fortunate enough to know a few guys who were able to kind of, like, speak well on my behalf. And, um, you know, a coach, you know, and Jeff Walker, that was, I mean, you talk about a guy that wants to see his team win and, like, just someone who – cares about his players i mean that is the guy like at a school like sbcc not only is it competitive like on the field it's also competitive academically it's just like a very highly regarded school so i knew coming in that the stances were going to be high and that i wasn't going to be able to like you know just kind of shortcut my way through it like having you know the the pedigree of being a d1 bounce back and i think juco at least for me it taught me that I have to earn, you know, not only the respect from, from players, but uh, from my coaches and uh, like, yeah, really just not everything is, or anything really is given. Right. So, um, so, so yeah, junior college, like the, the grind, yeah, it's very real. And, you know, I was just actually like recording with a coach uh, this morning um, for my podcast. And he was like, yeah, Juco's, he actually coached at my Juco too way back in the day, but he was like, yeah, Juco's rock bottom. That's where your character is really tested. And it's where my character was tested for sure. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to like have Tulane uh, be interested in me. Like that was, that was a crazy opportunity itself, but it also made me going to Tulane, just appreciate everything that they had so much more and just be grateful for like everything that they could provide because it is a totally different world being junior college versus D1. Yeah. No, and I, so I, I want to start. You kind of mentioned it in your last uh, your last little answer there. You have a podcast by mm-hmm. yourself. Uh, you want to shout it out? Because I have it pulled up on, on the computer right now. It's player two <laughs> prospect. But if you want to talk more about it, I, mm-hmm. will give you, I will give you uninterrupted little plug talk right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I can give a, a shameless plug, you know, to my podcast. I mean – I like to see, you know, myself in this podcast as kind of just the vessel for and, and like a a place for coaches to kind of like just show who they are as opposed to just, you know, um, 
you know, they really don't get a, a voice, so to speak. Like, the, the kind of roles that they have is very professional, but I like to kind of peel the layers back and just kind of get to know them, their program, and, and a, just a little bit about who they are. Um, that is really, like, the, the kind of um, mission behind it is, like, helping players kind of figure out, like, what a good fit for their, you know, their needs are, like, how to, how to basically, like, get to the next level, like, through the – you know, advice of these coaches uh, and sometimes players too. But yeah, so far it's been just coaches, but I- I've just been, you know, lucky enough to get these coaches on and just talk to them and learn about them. I mean, frankly, for me, uh, I'm, I'm learning just as much as any other listener. So um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like a listener all the time. You know, I just try to let them then do all the talking, but yeah, it's been fun. I've started it. Uh, when was this back in October? It's actually my second podcast that I started. The other one, I kind of fizzled a little bit, but this one, you know, this is like, you know, it's my baby now. I get to, I get to do this and like, you know, have have coaches on. It's it's really, it's really something. I'm so lucky to do it. I don't know how I honestly got into this position, but I am pretty lucky. No, so. it's it's so fun. I'll just say that it's so fun just sitting in front of a microphone and just and just talking like we are right now. Yeah. J- uh, Jack, you got something? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got something. Oh, Jake's got something, okay. <laughs> See, this is my right hand. Jack's right. right hand is on the other side of me, Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, anyway, hi, uh, Jack, this is Jake. Um, I just wanted to follow up a little bit. Is how, how did you start? Uh, how did you get this idea for the podcast? And how do you go through, like, what stories to talk about each week? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, in terms of how I started the podcast, I kind of alluded to the fact that I had a podcast before and it was really just an experiment, um, that I kind of began because I had so much free time as a minor leaguer in the off season. Um, and I didn't know what to do with myself and I always liked podcasts. I, I love listening to podcasts and I, I had this, you know, Fugazi confidence that I could start my own one and it would blow up someday and it would just, that would be what I would do. Um, but that confidence did, you know, sprout like an initial podcast and I, it kind of fizzled out mainly because there wasn't like a a purpose behind it. Well, we sort of, me and my dad, I guess, sort of identified that there was, uh, there was room, you know, for a, a baseball podcast of this style where I'm trying to get a better idea of what a college coach is like, what they look for in players. And it's really just to educate young players. Um, maybe parents who are going through it for the first time, um, young coaches, um, you know, to get into the minds of what these high-level, you know, coaches are are thinking and what they look for in players and how they like to, you know, coach their players too. I mean, there's all these different styles too. And, you know, I, I just wanted to be kind of like a, like I said, like a vessel or sort of like a, a place where people can dive into that. Uh, piece of college baseball that again me and my dad felt like there was a need for you know a, a bigger voice for yeah shout out the jack aldrich show by the way um the other the other the <laughs> yeah other yeah that was the experiment <laughs> yeah that's what i call it now the kind of the experiment it's just like i mean if you listen to any of those episodes then you're just as like wild as me because i mean i'm literally just talking into a microphone for a lot of those episodes for, I mean, 40, 40, 50 minutes, literally just babbling on for, you know, about literally anything that comes to my mind. And that's kind of how I am. I mean, if anyone here knows me who's listening to this, they know that I'm kind of like that. I can, 
I can kind of go from idea to idea and jump around, whereas for a prospect, it's a lot more structured. And like you, you were kind of asking, actually, I guess I should address the second part of that. Um, it's sort of evolved in the last few months in terms of the style of the podcast. I'm trying to ask coaches, you know, about their program first. But recently it's been a lot more diving into the, the coach, you know, how they like to teach, how they got started into coaching. And um, you, you'd be surprised. I mean, like there's a, there's a lot of coaches too. Uh, this is just something I'm learning. It's like a lot of them kind of didn't really know if they wanted to get into coaching and it kind of just like fell into their lap in a little bit of a way. And they, they, a lot of them are going that they just got lucky, you know? And I, I think that's just like, that's just like a really cool piece about baseball. That, like I did, really didn't know. And, you know, again, these are like high level coaches. So I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. Like I, I, I hope that the things that I'm finding out in this podcast, like other people hear about and they're like, Oh wow. This is like a whole different side of college baseball that I had no idea about. So that's my long way to answer you know, about, about those podcasts. Have you gotten messages from fans of the podcast who maybe are going and want to go into baseball, like through college and want to go through the major leagues and how like maybe their advice helps them in some way or shape or form? You know, it's funny. I guess another piece of this is kind of um, once I started making a little bit of content on like TikTok, for example, I would get some DMs. Uh, from kids who, you know, I, I didn't know them, but they maybe followed my page and I would follow them back. They DM me saying like, hey, I'm in this kind of situation. Like, is there any way you can help me? And I mean, I'm sending them back messages like to the best of my ability, but I'm thinking to myself like, who am I to like try to steer this person in the direction? Like there's people who do this for a living, like professionals, you know, <laughs> to an extent who, who like, you know, know how to guide kids, uh, toward you know the right fit for them but i think this is sort of like a, a little bit better of an insight as to like why don't you just see what the coaches are looking for you know like it makes it so black and white um so that's another piece of it too um hopefully you know in the future i do get you know fans or listeners who are just like, hey like this piece of the of the podcast really helped me I, i've heard good good things so far um, and coaches seem to really like doing it. So I, as long as they like doing it, I'm probably going to keep doing it. Yeah. Got you, Bartlett. Anything? Um, There's two Jacks, so I'm going to call you Bartlett <laughs> and then Aldrich. Yeah. Jack, Jack Aldrich. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> actually, it's funny. I, I was called Bartlett in high school all the time. Huh. Uh, so uh, kind of coming to college was the first time I was, like, called Jack. I, I went by Jack because, huh. you know, there's like 6,000 oh, other Jacks. So. <laughs> You, the the yep. last name the last name thing yeah right yeah, you get the last name thing too all the time all the time <laughs> no Jack I'm... what's your question though actually I'll go with that uh, Jack do you ever go by your last name uh, instead of your first name because Jack is such a popular name oh my God yeah I mean I have countless <laughs> nicknames honestly um you know what I was so embarrassed that Oaks Christian actually this is Something that I guess not a lot of people who didn't go to high school with me know about. Um, but I had this like inner group of friends. It was really mostly the baseball team. Um, so the the really tight group I had, there was another Jack. And, uh, mm. you know, I was the new kid. I was the kid that transferred in sophomore year. So one of my teammates, Noah, he's like, I cannot keep calling both of you Jack. It is so annoying. And he's like, you know what? This one's going to be Jack. You're going to be Jill. So we have Jack and Jill. So I was Jill. Yeah. 
So I, no. so he just goes, you're Jill. You're just Jill now. And for a year and a half, I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I was, oh, my gosh. I mean, it made me so mad every time someone called me Jill. And it wasn't just them that started calling me now. It grew into the whole school knew me as Jill. Oh, no. And I was, this is the worst. Yeah, I, I hate it. I mean, but I think then one day I, I just had someone who was much wiser than me who was like, they're going to call you whether or not you like it. You might as well accept the fact that it's going to happen. Yeah, now, that right. might be the most feminine uh, nickname that I've ever had. I mean, uh, you know, Jackson, Jackie Boy. I mean, there's there's anything. Aldrich, Aldi. I mean, there's, it, the list goes on. That is the one that sticks to this day where, like, my core friend group, who I still see all the time um, from high school, they'll still call me that, and I'll always respond to that from them. That's so I, that is my top nickname, I, I have to admit. That's absolutely insane. I love how it went to, like, your least favorite nicknames, your favorite <laughs> nicknames in a span of, like, a few years. Oh, yeah. But yep. speaking of nicknames, I to, I accept it. speaking of nicknames, in, in minor league baseball, okay, let's, let's, let's switch gears here for a second. Ooh, okay. In, in the game sure. of minor league baseball, what is your favorite team name that you have seen? Okay, wow, that's a really good question. Because obviously I don't know all of the team names. Now, because there, there's also so many teams with really good logos and like hats and stuff. I mean, uh, like my my uh, former teammate Braden uh, Tulane, Braden Oltoff, who plays, played for the Trash Pandas. Like, that's a great name. I love that name. I love the Lansing Lugnuts. Like, that name is so funny. I mean, slug nuts. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, ooh, trash trash pandas might be the the one right now because that logo is awesome too. It's literally yes. a panda in a trash can, right? And it's like flying through the air. Yeah, it's ooh, literally. Yeah. It's that like, might that might be the one right now. It's literally like rocket rocket raccoon from like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's yeah. it, it's it's a minor oh league, yeah yeah it's a minor league baseball logo. It's it's absolutely elite. Fantastic, honestly. Um. Yeah, I kind of wish like MLB teams honestly adopted some some more quirkier logos, but you know maybe we'll see. Maybe if they expand some teams and uh, maybe if they put one in New Orleans, it'll be it'll be something cool. But yeah, can, a man can only dream. This is this is probably <laughs> the the one the one time that that's going to be mentioned is is that the major leagues need quirkier names. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind it at all. That'd be that'd be hilarious. It's mm-hmm. like not batting the the. Chicago Elote, like, yeah, exactly. Like, who in Chicago would know what Elote is? First off, second off, great name. Um, so just made that up off the top of of my head. But so let's go. Let's go into your your experience a little bit more. Um, so Hmm. getting getting drafted. What's that like? Like, where were you? What was the phone call like? And how was what was the overall experience? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess for those of you that don't know, immediately I was a 20th out of 20 rounds draft pick. So, I mean, you can only imagine the stress levels that were, you know, running, you know, through my body at the moment that it happened. Um, I can definitely walk you through it, though. I remember exactly how it went down. Um, My parents actually came out to uh, my summer ball team. I was in Newport. Uh, Rhode Island playing with the Newport Goals. Shout out to them. They're great. They're fantastic. I mean, the the club, the organization they run is great. All right, back to it. Um, so day three of the draft, I mean, I think I got a phone call saying to kind of sit tight in like rounds 12 or 13. 
Um, and by the way, I'm not being represented at this point. I still don't have representation. I'm doing this all on my own. Um, so, you know, having to call area scouts or scouting directors and talk numbers to them, that's a little bit of a intimidating experience, but, you know, fortunately it did work out anyway. Um, I, you know, sat tight. I sat tight, right. For rounds 14, 15, 16. And I mean, by 18, 19, it's kind of settling in like this might not happen. Um, and I was actually on the phone with now head coach at Tulane, Jay Oldman, who loved to death. I mean, that that is a great guy. I could talk about him forever. But I was on the phone with him when my name got called. Huh. And then my dad goes, hey, you just got drafted. And I'm like, oh, geez. And, Jay, and then Jay goes, hey, I think you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I had to, yeah, hunt. So I hung up with the phone, you know, then you, I called the area scout because, again, I'm doing this all on my own. And he goes, hey, man, like, congrats. Like, it, you, you did it. Like, this is amazing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't even – I wasn't watching even because I was talking about, you know, coming back to Lane, um, you know, for another year, for like uh, – for a fifth year right? when it happened. So, I mean, I, I was just blown away. I was surprised uh, a little bit because it was the last round. Now, did I feel like I deserved it? Yes. I, I definitely was like, okay, yes, like all the hard work is paid off. The the weight off your shoulders, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to describe, but you know, just to put into words, it is it is a large weight that is lifted. <laughs> that is that is the best way I can put it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is a it is a special thing, and I try to kind of take that into every day now uh, because. Now, now that I'm in this position, it's like okay, now, now you like you get to really show what you're made of. Like it's your job now. Like you gotta, you gotta really commit to this. So, I mean, at least for me, you know, being kind of on the edge like that, it wasn't so given. Like it just made me that much more grateful for it. Um, but yeah, it, it was a pretty, pretty surreal day. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Like, I'm not that athletically gifted, but as a as somebody that's just sitting there for rounds one through 19, you're like, all right, maybe I got to find a day job. Uh, maybe I got to actually take my degree yeah. seriously. And then all of a sudden you get a, you, uh, you get a notification and you're like, Hey, here I am. Here, okay, cool. I'm pitching, I'm pitching for the Royals now, I guess. Um, Jack, yeah. And then five days later, I'm in Arizona. So oh <laughs> like that's how it went. The complex league. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So Jack, you brought up uh, Jay Ullman. Uh, your guys' baseball coach at Tulane. Uh, and in 2022, yeah. it, there's this article that I read that mentioned that he had his interim tag pulled. Uh, so he went from being an interim head coach to then just the full-time head coach for Tulane baseball. And I'm curious what uh, yeah. what all that was like for you guys. Um, did it like feel like he was an interim? Because it seemed like he was really, really successful and like he cared while he still was uh, an interim head coach, maybe not like – he, like he was trying to keep that job and make it uh, permanent, not not as much a uh, temporary. Yeah, so I think Jay, it was tough, you know, for him obviously to have to take over that role. Now I wasn't on the team when that happened, um, but I definitely got a lot of insight from players who were on the team when that kind of happened. And I was also in New Orleans. This fall, this past fall, and, you know, just this past month. So I got to see him in action as a new head coach. Um, And I guess I'll just say this about Jay. I mean, the players are 
so happy that he is their head coach. I mean, I can see it on their faces and the way he interacts with his players. I mean, you know, I, I asked him straight up. I'm like, guys, like, come on, you can tell it to me straight. I'm not, you know, a snitch here. Like, like how how is it going? Like, what's the day to day like? It, you know, like, can you give me the lowdown? You know, and every single one of them is like, oh man, I I, I really enjoy going to the field every single day. I love coming in early. I like going into a, you know his office talking to him about, you know, baseball, life, whatever it is. I mean, just a, a great person, great coach, but you can you can really tell that he cares about the relationships of it, and um, I think that's why he's a head coach, because he knows, he knows people as well as he knows baseball. And I think, you know, I, can, I can't predict the future, but I am very optimistic about uh, Tulane baseball, and he's a big reason for that. Right. Sometimes it's the right guy with the right place, and it, it's just a chemistry sort of situation. Um, mm. Jake, anything? Yeah, so, um, you know, you're coming into your set, as we said earlier, going into your second professional season. What's different? You kind of mm. touched on it a little bit. What's different going into your second uh, professional season now than it was entering your first as a rookie in professional baseball? Yeah. Okay. So the biggest difference I would say is when I came into that first year, I was already, I was a starter, you know, I had never known what relieving was like. And in this off season, you know, after playing a, a full season as a reliever, I know exactly what my role is now. I know exactly the type of pitcher that I am before it was kind of, you know, you're the jack of all trades, no pun intended, but you're the jack of all trades and you're kind of trying to do a little bit. Yeah. You're trying to do a little bit of everything. You're trying to manage a game. You're throwing 90 to hundred pitches every outing and you're trying to give your team a chance to win. And it's a totally different mindset. Um, being a reliever, um, even if you go multiple innings, it's just very different. So now I'm kind of working on that, you know, what that mindset looks like. And I got a taste of what that is, what that's like last year, but, uh, this year I'm a lot more secure in like knowing it, like where I'll be used or like how, um, how to pitch as a reliever. Um, I think knowing that that's my role and that's where I'll, you know, ideally flourish. I think, um, I can go into the season with a lot better of an idea of what to do as a pitcher too. And, you know, I mean, the Royals are, are actually really good about communication in terms of like what they want to see out of me going into this year. And, you know, the, the prior year is a little bit more like get your feet wet. Right. Whereas this year it's like, you know, we have, we have expectations for you. There's goals obviously um, that they want to see me reach and, you know, even achieve beyond that. So uh, it's, it's pretty black and white what they're giving me. And for me, that's really good because I like that guidance. And I think it's going to help me kind of have a, a clear direction, a clear path for this season. And you kind of answered my next question is that, was it communicated to you before your first season what your role was going to be coming into that season? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so before the first season, I mean, I knew I was going to be in the bullpen. Now, to what degree I was going to be used, if you actually go back and look at the outings, I was used as a, you know, kind of a fireman, right? Like, it really depends on the week, you know, how, how the week is going, you know, how the game on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday go right for the weekend. I mean, you know, I might come in as the first guy out of the pen of the first inning and have to go uh, two or three more to get to the next guy. Um, I might come in in the seventh to be sort of that bridge guy for, you know, the setup 
might be the setup guy, you know, but I also I got three saves last year. You know, so I, I was used as a closer, too. I, I kind of was Swiss Army knifing a little bit, you could say, uh, which, again, that helped me because I, I never had experience in any of those roles. Um, this one, could I be, in terms of this season, could I be used in the similar role? Potentially. But do I know what it's like now? Yes. So having that experience is, is certainly um, a huge benefit. But uh, also, in terms of minor league baseball, you, you guys know it's, it's about personal development. Um, it's a big pillar, obviously. So they're going to do what they can so that I can succeed the most. And I think that's um, the most important thing. I think, you know, that's the best thing for for, you know, all minor leagues, but um, it's going to, I hope at least for not just me, but like the Royals organization as a whole, that's going to breed some success. Right. Right. And I, I mean, starting that development is in spring training and getting the body right and getting the mind right and stuff like that. Of course, spring training starts mm-hmm. next, next week, but you're coming out here end of this week, you said, right? Yeah, so I'm going to be driving out a week from today, actually. I'll wow. be driving out a week from today. And then mm-hmm. hitting the ground running until mid-September when everything ends, right? Pretty much. That is exactly how it goes. Yeah, it's uh, it's suitcase, and, you know, this year I'll actually have the golf clubs, which will be fun. But, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be living on the road. I mean, that's that's the life. That's that's what you sign up for. Big uh, Big golf guy? You know what? The first off season, I uh, had so much time and I didn't use it very well. And I, you know, I, I was a little bit into golf before then. But this off season, it's been a totally different shift. I mean, after seeing the, you know, the amount of guys that like to do it and kind of the small community that they're a part of, I did get a little bit of FOMO where I'm like, oh man, this would be fun to be a part of. You go, you know, maybe maybe kind of get your mind away from baseball on a Monday on an off day. Um, because frankly, you kind of need to a little bit, um, at least for me, I know I need to get my mind off of baseball. And not only does the podcast help that a little bit because it is still baseball center, but I mean, golf is just a whole other beast that not only challenges you physically, but very much so mentally. What's the, what's the handicap looking like? If you're comfortable sharing that with us, if I, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I, I would put myself maybe around like a 15, maybe. Like maybe in that range. That's not terrible. May, like maybe a little higher. Like I would put myself in that like 15 to 18 range, maybe. Yeah. Do you go golfing a lot? I, then again, I'm I'm not. Ugh, I'm not that. I'm not that. Good. It's, uh, not, it's on a, I feel like that's on a good day. Nah, it's. I mean, do you go golfing a lot out here when you're out here for spring training? You know, see, I haven't yet, and that's the thing. I, I, I definitely will, though, when I get out there, especially before, like, games start to get rolling. But it, do you have, like, a course recommendation for me? Is I, that, that what we're leading? So, Papago is always a good a good one, um, but that's out by, like, Tempe. Okay. It's a while away from Surprise. Uh, Thunderbird, yeah. Thunderbird's really good. Um, that's closer to Surprise. Still mm. kind of a 20-minute drive away, but... It's right. Everything in Arizona is right down the street, which is pretty cool because it's all built off of a grid. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, those those two are my two go to. Um, Jeffrey, you got to look up uh, one by your house, right? That's Thunderbird. That's Thunderbird. That's Thunderbird. Um, Where's Papago? 
That's I just said that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. It, to you're the all first good. Of course, it's, you said. It, yeah. <laughs> I it, caught golf is golf. It's fun. Um, so now the fun yeah. questions. We're gonna get into those now. Um, so oh, you're, okay. a, you're a reliever. You got a lot of downtime. What is the go-to, like the go-to thing to do in the bullpen for you? Do you read? Do you watch the game? Do you listen to music? Do you take a nap? What's the What's the go-to routine? Oh, that's okay. That's a really good one. See, because because obviously you want to be tuned into the game. You know that's that's priority number one. Now there are times where you're not throwing that day, right? You're down. You know, uh, you can kind of you can get your mind off it a little bit. You know, you still want to watch the game, obviously. And I actually love like helping my teammates kind of get ready and prepare. You know, they like to we like to kind of game plan together. I think that's a really good thing that that a bullpen should do um in terms of like little bullpen activities though i mean we we actually did this thing where we would like spin the cup and then we would try to spin it like as fast as we could but like you would spin it in a way where it's kind of toward like a little gatorade cup and it would you'd spin it and then it would kind of spin around on the ground and you're trying to land it like upright and it's kind of hard to do i don't know if i'm making it sound hard or easy but it's kind of hard to do, and, like, you can play a little game with that. You can also, like, throw Gatorade cups into each other, so, like, that's kind of hard. Um, you could play games like Password. I don't know if you ever heard that. Like, that's oh, yeah. a fun game to play. Yeah, or you name baseball players in a circle, and, like, if I say, um, I don't know, I mean, Pete Rose, you know, you would have to start with an R, so you go Roy Halladay, and then, it, you know, the list, Harold Reynolds, and then the list goes on and on, right? And then you got rules for that and stuff, too, I mean. Just little games like that to kind of keep your mind, like, <laughs> I don't know, just moving, I guess, maybe if, you, if you're a little bit tired that day or, you're, you know, you're down. Um, but, yeah, I, it's funny. I never really heard of music in the bullpen yeah, or no. sleeping even. Did you say, did you say like, a little, I like, mean, that would be, be kind of nice, honestly. <laughs> yeah, taking a little cat nap in, like, the, the first through the third inning where you're like, okay, the starter's got this. And then, like, fourth inning, yeah. somebody comes and wakes you up. Yeah. Um, but, you, know, you know, some people definitely do that. I can't say that I've done that. I'd probably be a little bit too nervous that I need to get hot right <laughs> kind of there. Yeah. Well, because you're, you, like you said, you're used for pretty much everything. you got to stay awake. Yeah, yeah well, it, it's all hands on deck every single game pretty much. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you ever traded a baseball for anything from a fan? Oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, it was kind of weird, actually, because uh, these kids were like, hey, it's 50-cent hot dog night. Like, we'll give you, you know, hot dogs for baseball. And we're like, oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, we gave these kids, like, eight baseballs. And they, they came back with, like, 30 hot dogs. We had wow. so many hot dogs in the bullpen. It was crazy. They're like, yes, oh, my God, thank you. And, they yeah, they each spent, like, I don't know, five bucks each or something. And a bunch of kids. And so we had... We just had a stack of hot dogs in the bullpen. It was awesome. But, that's a, that's uh, yeah, that's probably the best one. Hot Getting dogs. food, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, food for baseball, it's like, come on, yeah, like, we're starving out here sometimes. Like, give, us, a, give us that. Yeah, dude. that's a win-win trade right there. <laughs> but imagine you're, like, pitching, oh, and, and the umpire is like, wait, 
why does this baseball have relish on it? And it's like, <laughs> oh, Jack was just scarfing down a scarfing down his fifth his fifth glizzy in the in the bullpen down there. Um, yeah, this baseball is sticky, huh? I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. um, what's the weirdest minor league promo that you ever seen run at a baseball at a baseball game? Like, I know the fifty cent hot dog nights are like widely known, but what's the like most weird thing you've seen at a minor league baseball Ooh. park? Promo. That's an interesting question. Okay, I can't. I don't know if I can think of a promo. I, I the only thing that comes to mind is these orange jerseys that we had, and I don't even know if it was a promo, but these were like the ugliest orange jerseys that we ever wore. It was kind of like a theme night, I think. But um, you know, at the Columbia um, Stadium, like the fans that we get, they're very, um, very young. Like a lot of the times, it's a ton of kids. I mean, this night. We, we had to have drawn our biggest crowd by about 3,000. I mean, it was ridiculous. So whatever night they put on for these orange jerseys with these little dogs on them, like these little animated dogs, it was definitely for a little TV show, but our jerseys were just like bright orange with all these like little pet dogs on them. And, I mean, it was so funny. We literally did photo shoots in the bathroom with these jerseys oh, uh, because they were so like – was it, what is it, Paw Patrol, Paul? Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. Yeah. I think it's Paw Patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This dog's in a freaking police outfit. Yeah, I mean, we look so goofy. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of want to send you guys a little photo. That I mean, it was so goofy. But I don't know. Like that's I don't know if that's a promo, but it was just like a theme night that we did where I'm like, what are we doing? And then I realized the crowd that we had was, I mean, we, yeah, it felt like I was playing in front of like Mississippi State all over again. Like it was wild. Yeah, no, Mississippi State, one of the most rowdy college baseball cities in the country mm-hmm. um oh yeah so let's any you have any pre-game post-game mid-game rituals that you have to get in before you uh, before you take them out <laughs> it's kind of funny i actually would edit uh my podcast or like make clips um like the hour or so before the game but like and that was pretty common i would like work on the podcast a lot in the, in the downtime um on both the teams that I was on this past season, we loved playing card games. I had one teammate who loved playing this, like, Monopoly Go game. Uh, I, for, I forget really what it was, but it was so fun. Um, and toward the end of the season, when the energy starts to get a little bit low, you know, you head into that last week, and uh, we were fortunate enough to be playing for something, a potential playoff spot. Uh, I remember that whole week, we were just bumping, uh, like, tech house music or, like, just, you know, like the mm, like that kind of music for like a good 45 minutes straight before we all went out to the field and we were all just kind of dancing. So we did like our own little dance party, you know, so things kind of changed throughout the season, but that was, I mean, that was awesome. Kind of just doing like a little dance party with, with the team. I mean, that's, that's super fun. Like a little firefly club in the, in the locker room there. Uh, Oh yeah. We had like a fake DJ set. I mean, it was, it was great. That's, that's absolutely insane. Uh, Jack Bartlett, anything? I do not know. Jake, anything? I'm surprised you haven't asked this, especially after the hot dog uh, answer. What we are big food guys on this show. What's your go-to snack before or after a game? Ooh, wow! Go-to snack before or after? That's such a tough question. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, because like, cause it's definitely changed throughout the throughout the years. Obviously, um, like being at Tulane, like having all this good local food around was 
Oh yeah, oh, New man, Orleans. It was crazy, but yeah, I mean that was that was like uh, I, I could go get anything I wanted, and it was such good like late night food. Um, I will say like this is just like a funny thing that a few of my uh, roommates would do like early in the season. Like we would go to Wendy's after a game sometimes, just because it was the only place that was open when we were heading home. Like it was the only place right off the road like that was open. And we would grab Wendy's. Like, we loved the four for four, and we'd always say foe for foe. Like, it was just fun to say. <laughs> so, yeah, I would always give myself, like, a little foe. Like, that was it. Just a so, little, just a little. Yeah, I, that was probably, like, that's probably, like, so, yeah, give me that foe for foe. Like, that, that was always, like, oh, man, I can't wait to crush this four for four right now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, that was definitely one of them. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for spending some time with us tonight. It, it was, it's been a pleasure. Um, hope to stay in touch. Tell your friends about us. And uh, you sh- everybody listening, go check him out on Spotify. Player 2 Prospect is his <laughs> podcast. Jack Aldrich, thank you so much, man. Have a great season and have a great night. Hey, thank you guys, honestly. I mean, I got to be the guest for the first time. This is a totally new experience. I mean, I'm happy it was with you guys. You guys made this super easy for me. And, you know, if any of you golf, you know, you all be on Arizona. So you should probably uh, get that get that golf game ready. We should play. Hey, let's let's get it started. Let's. I'll, I got the instant DM. Let's uh, let's get something going. Oh, dude, yeah, for sure. Right, we, we definitely will. But yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Jack, I'll follow you on Twitter or not on Twitter on Instagram <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome. See we can get a little group GC going. A little, a little foursome going. All right, guys. See you later. There we go. See ya. Great guy. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. He was super cool. That was easily one of my favorite interviews we've had so far. So, I just took my headphones off. So <laughs> down to earth, so chill. Um, no, nah, like, Michael, Michael, the guy that I, uh, the guy that I got in contact with him, he's like, dude, he's so chill. Like, he'll talk about literally anything. And, like, he has a podcast, so he'll ramble. And I'm like, oh, cool. So, yeah. I mean, I told him 9.30. It's now 9.48. Uh, so we're almost to that 10 minutes and I'm going to keep going on this trend that we did last, last week Yeah. with, we, we have 10 minutes to get through 10 prospects. Oh my God. Let's do it. Let's do it. No, no prep. Let's just go cold Turkey. We still got two minutes to, to pull everything up, but overall great dude, Jack Aldrich, go follow his, go follow his podcast. Yeah. Maybe we'll see some up on deck golf content coming up. Oh yeah, I know you definitely. Will I am a get big club. I am a big proponent in golfing. Um, Golfing's fun. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's been like years since I brought my gloves out, clubs out, and I need to do that again. We got all the way through eighty one last week, right? Yes, we're at eighty. Heston Kierstad. All right, who wants to start? Um, I guess I'll start because uh, East Coast. Um, Heston Kierstad, Aberdeen, Ironbirds this season, high A. He was drafted in number two overall by Baltimore in 2020. He had a fantastic season, his first professional season last year. Hit 309, 394, 457 uh, combined between low A and high A Aberdeen. Uh, he combined five home runs, but the power should come this year because uh, he is known to be a power guy. He just needs to um, – it should click. It should click. Going on to Jack Bartlett. Uh, at 79 is a right-handed pitcher in the Cardinals organization, Gordon Graceffo. 
Uh, he weighs 210 pounds and is 6'4 in height. And in AA last season, he had an ERA of 3.94. And he started 18 games, 93 and two-thirds innings pitched. Gave up 76 hits, only 16 home runs. He struck out 83 batters compared to 24 walks with an opposition batting average of 217. Yeah, from Villanova. Baseball powerhouse Villanova, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Um, speaking of baseball powerhouse. Speaking of baseball powerhouse, this is an actual baseball powerhouse. <laughs> one of the two Vandy boys. All the way down here at 78, legacy prospect Jack Leiter. Double uh, A Frisco Rough Riders for the Texas Rangers. Of course, son of Al Leiter. Uh, the second overall pick in the 2021 draft. Many should have. Many thought that he could have been a number one overall pick to the Pirates. Regardless, he went to the Rangers. Uh, last year in Frisco had a 5.54 ERA. Yikes! Uh, in 30 in 23 games, uh, opponents average against 246 through 109 strikeouts to 56 walks. So Jack Leiter. Pick it up a little bit, please. <laughs> I mean, he's got the strikeout to walk ratio there. There you go. I mean, there's an upside, but right. if your if your ERA is in the mid fives, yeah. like come on, no, yeah, they they skipped you through a ball for the reason of we want this kid up to the majors now. Please live up to the hype. Yeah. Jack, Next. can you go seventy seven so I can do seventy six? Uh, yeah, I'll do ten hints. Hints. Tink hints. Tink Hentz at 77. Uh, he's and the he's uh, with the Palm Beach Cardinals, the single A affiliate of, of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And last year in uh, High A or yeah High Low A, a. Or, yeah excuse me, he uh, had a record of 0 and 1. His ERA was 1.38. He started all 16 games he appeared in. He pitched 52 and a third innings pitched. Th- uh, 31 hits, gave up only one home run, and again, strikeout to walk out, to walk ratio 81 to 15, uh, okay. with a uh, opposition batting average of 174. Can I point out that he only had one decision that in, in 16 starts, and it was a loss? Yeah, that's yeah. that's how that's how irrelevant the win loss records are. Yeah, because it's like this dude has amazing stuff. A 1.38 ERA is phenomenal <laughs> but many people that don't know the game of baseball are gonna be like oh he didn't even win a game like <laughs> he didn't win a game because his offense was probably absolutely abysmal behind him right uh all Jake, right i will your do favorite ken waldachuk because i'm a huge ken waldachuk fan he reached the majors last season but he should start in triple a unless he does really well this um this spring training it, between double A, between the three teams he played for, uh, minor league teams, he started out with the Yankees and now traded to the A's for Frankie Montes. Uh, in 21 starts between the three minor league teams, he went 284 and 21 starts, 95 innings pitched, and had a whip of 1.16, 137 strikeouts to 36 walks. Wow. Yeah, talk about a strikeout to walk ratio. That's yeah, <laughs> that is a strikeout walk Pretty ratio. much as good as you can get. In the majors, he had a sub-5 ERA, 2-2 two and two record, 7 starts, 34 and 2 thirds. But uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio, not so much in the majors, 3-3 three, three to 10. But, you know, still it, nothing to scoff at. It's still positive. It's still positive. And 
you know, the A's have nothing to play for this season. They're definitely going to throw Ken Waldachuk out there. Yeah. You say they have nothing to play for, but I mean, like they're going, they're projected to be a cellar dweller this season. They're, they're yeah. yeah, I. They might surprise some people. I think so too. Don't don't count out the A's. They have Christian Pache, right? Uh, yeah. Christian Pache, when he was on the Braves, was seen as like their next Ronald Acuna, right? He was seen as like the second coming, mm-hmm. and now he moves to Oakland with zero funding, and he's like still pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Majors in two hundred at bats, he hit under two hundred. So did Max Muncy last year. That's fair enough. So. Except Max Muncy had power. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on to the number seventy-five overall prospect, Brian Rocchio from the Cleveland Guardians, a middle infielder. He is twenty-two years old. Uh, he signed July second, two thousand seventeen, and he was signed for just one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars out of Venezuela. Wow. Um, in the two teams that he was in last year, Double A Akron, Triple A Columbus, he averaged two fifty seven, three thirty six on base percentage, seven fifty six OPS. Uh, Pop was there ish, eighteen home runs, so not quite twenty, not as low as two, but it was pretty decent. Strikeouts to walks, one hundred and two strikeouts to fifty four walks. Uh, also stole fourteen bases between the two. Look for him to be a trade candidate this year because that infield is stacked for the Guardians. Infield is, I, I don't know, is it? Uh, Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, and some guy named Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is a third baseman. He is. But, I, I, you don't see him making a run against Andres Jimenez. Andres Jimenez was an all-star. Eventually, like if Andres Jimenez regresses, like we've seen so many players do in the past i i'm look, not gonna i'm need, not gonna look, argue i'm not gonna argue we with need you on to this. go fast in this. we have five, uh freak we have one minute uh i don't think we're gonna get through all these if unless we just want to say the names jordan westberg at 74 he uh, was on uh, mississippi state led them to a few college world series huh he okay. also was very good last year yeah you know yeah, who else it, was good last year kyle manzardo of the rays and he was phenomenal last year. We've talked about him already. He had over 20 home runs last year. Look for him to continue that in AAA. Yeah, number 72, Carson Williams, shortstop for the Rays. Does he strike out a lot? Oh, yo, you <laughs> betcha he does. 168 strikeouts last year. Uh, please, please get the hole out of your bat, Carson Williams. And lastly but not leastly, at the buzzer, the brother of Ronald Acuna, who we aforementioned on this show, was compared to Christian Pache. Luis Angel Acuna from the Texas Rangers. So that is going to be our show for tonight. Three-minute out rule from Jeffrey Hinkle, Jake Brown, Jack Bartlett. This has been a very special episode of Up on Deck. Thank you again to Jack Aldrich, and we will see y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening to Up on Deck. To keep yourself up to date on all things minor leagues and to stay in touch with what's going on with the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at UpOnDeck underscore. And as always, listen to us on all podcast listening platforms, including Apple Music and Spotify. This is Minor League's Major Show. See you all next time. And from all of us here at Up on Deck, have a fantastic week.